How you guys doing? You guys ready to worship? I hope you've come in here ready because we have a, a, a wonderful hour planned of just engaging with one another through prayer and praise. And uh, Hey, real quick, let me give you a couple announcements and then we're going to, for two weeks in a row, we're going to jump right into the sermon first, if that's okay. Even if it's not, we're going to do it. Uh, the first announcement is this. Uh, senior breakfast is coming up August 16th. Is that this Wednesday? Yeah, all right, so we'll see you there, all right? You don't have to be a senior, okay? You just, if you're free on Wednesday morning, come hang out with us, eat some grub, and let's have some fellowship together. It's a good time, so we'd love to have you. And uh, also, the second thing we want to announce this morning is that birthday bash. We have to keep this before you. I know it's several weeks out, but there is such a change to this day. First of all, we want you to set the date. We don't want you to plan anything else. We don't want you to have an excuse to be out of town or just out of church that day because it's our birthday bash. We're celebrating 15 years together. Uh, we're not doing a 9 a.m. or an 11 a.m. We're doing one service at 10 a.m. So that means if you want a parking spot or a seat, you should probably be here by 9 a.m. And uh, it's going to be just an amazing day as we celebrate together in this place. And then keep your lunch uh, time open because we want to have a meal catered and we just want to hang out together and fellowship that afternoon. So just kind of mark out that whole morning till mid-afternoon for Journey so we can celebrate God's faithfulness to us as a church. How does that sound? Okay, we're going to announce that every week because we know one of you is going to show up at 9 a.m. for church, okay? And we're glad you can, you can help the band practice because we'll be probably practicing. And so do not forget, 10 a.m., one service. We want everybody in the same room, and it's going to be just a an amazing environment. We're excited about it. You know what else I'm excited about? Today. Today's service, right? Yeah, our time together today. Let me pray for us, and then we're going to get started. Let's pray. Father, we have come into this place. <laughs> we want to cast every care that we have at your feet. We want to lift our eyes this morning. We want to see beyond the physical. We want to see the spiritual. We want to see you. We want to abide in your presence. We want to experience your peace. We together want to taste and see that the Lord is good. So we ask that you meet us here in this place. We ask that you prepare our hearts to receive and believe all things in this place, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. So let me just make one more announcement. Next week, uh, we are going to start a two-part series on who we are and what we do as a church. We do this about once a year. We usually do it in September. The reason why we're going to do it now before we start another book of the Bible is we think it's just a, it's a, it's a healthy break. We have so many new families at the church, and so we want to kind of give you the nuts and bolts of who we are and what we do as a church. And then on the 27th, not next Sunday, but the next, for anyone who is not a member of our church but is interested in becoming a member of our church, we're inviting you to stay after church for a lunch and we want you to meet the lead team, and we will answer any questions that you have, and then we'll also discuss next steps in your journey of becoming a member. If you are a member, okay, uh, this probably isn't for you, okay? Unless somebody that's not a member invites you, says, hey, I need you to be there, hold my hand, I'm nervous, then certainly come. But this is a time for us just to be with those who are interested in becoming a member of our church, and we would love to just sit and get to know you, and you get to know us, 
and, and just see what God might do as we partner together, okay? So last week, we wrapped up our series, our prayer series on the basics of praying, the, the who, what, when, where, why of praying. We talked about over this series, we've talked about who we should pray to. Jesus said, when you pray, pray our Father in heaven, right? Our Father who holds all authority and all power, all might in his hands, bends his ear towards us to listen to us pray. We talked about what we should pray for. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, the apostle Paul commands us to pray about everything. You know what I realize? Okay, we okay? Are we all right? I keep hearing music. All right. Anywho, um, we, one of the things that I found out this week is that I don't always believe that. Right? I don't necessarily always believe that I should pray for everything. In fact, somebody this week asked me to pray for something. I'm like, why should we pray for that? Oh, yeah, because we're to pray about everything. I don't know what's happening this morning. <laughs> oh, my. If I'd have known that, I would have answered it. Okay. Yeah, so we, we're talking about who we should pray to. We're talking about what we should pray for. Pray for everything. There is nothing too big or there is nothing too small for God. He desires to hear everything from us. And seriously, who else in your life is asking you to talk more to them, right? Usually it's the opposite. We're like, would you stop talking so much, right? But we have the creator of the universe that is saying, I want to hear it all. Talk to me, okay? The Apostle Paul also talked about when we should pray. Pray without ceasing, meaning we should pray all of the time. Again, who else says, keep asking? Just keep asking. Just keep knocking, right, until you get your answer and that the door is open. Our conversation with God should be ongoing from good morning, Lord, to good night, Lord, and everything else in between, which means not only do we pray all the time, that we, but we pray everywhere that we are. And then we ask, why do we pray? And the answer is because it connects us to our creator. Not only does it connect us to God, but it invites him into our stories as we also ask him to use us for his glory in his story. We'll talk about that more in a moment. Last week, we wrapped up the series by talking about how we should pray. And we concluded that there is no one right way to pray, but there are right things for us to pray about. We mentioned six necessary things from the Lord's Prayer that makes our prayers more effective, and we use the acronym PRAYER to help us remember. Now, let me say this. I didn't say this last week, but I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's important that we follow the acronym perfectly because, hey, praying is not perfect, right? It's not. Prayer is messy sometimes. But I do think that there are certain things about this prayer. I think it's important that we start with praise and that we end with rejoicing because I think it does something for our hearts. But then I also say, hey, the rest of it, just let it unfold as it unfolds. Just be honest. Tell God what you need. Thank God for what he's done and let the rest take care of itself, right? And so I want to review that real quick. I want us to review the, the prayer. We're going to practice it more today without teaching, okay? And so we started with, we praise God. We start with praising God for what? For who he is, for what he's done, 
for what he is doing right now in our lives and for what he promises to do, past, present, and future. We praise God for who he is and what he does. This helps us refocus our prayers around a person rather than a problem. It's so important for us. And then we talked about repentance or realignment, I guess, which is really just us asking God to realign our hearts to his heart and to realign our desires to his desires. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth in us as it is in heaven. We're going to give you an opportunity to pray that in a few minutes. And then there's the asking, right? And it, we don't need to overcomplicate this. Paul said, just tell God what you need. That's what it looks like to ask in, our, in this portion of the prayer. Don't make it fancy. Don't try to be something you're someone you're not. Just tell God what you need. And then there's the yielding. This is where we're presenting ourselves as living sacrifices to our Heavenly Father. And we're, we're surrendering or we're inviting the Spirit to display and declare Jesus through our lives. And then there's the examining of the prayer. Examining is where we open God's Word and allow God's Word to examine us. We ask God to examine us. We, we, we take heed the instruction from Paul to examine ourselves through Scripture with our obedience to God and His Word. And then the rejoicing. We thank God for what he has done. No matter how dark life gets, we already have victory from sin and death through the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. No matter how deep or how wide or how hurt your prayers are, we should always end being reminded of who we are and what we have because of what Jesus has done on our behalf. Amen? Amen. So here's the question you might be asking. Why so much focus on prayer? We spend about six weeks, on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings, engaging in prayer. Okay? So why so much focus on prayer? And the answer is this. Because there is nothing that God has given his church that connects us to him and his power more than the gift of prayer. I want to say that one more time. For all of us that might have just, you know, when you say something that long, you kind of check out about word six, engage. Hear this. There is nothing that God has given his church that connects us to him, that connects us to his power more than the gift of prayer. And yet, Prayer is often absent in the church's gathering, which could lead us to assume if it's not important when the church gathers, is it important when the church scatters? If we're not praying much when we're together, are we praying at all when we're not together? So for a moment, I want you to just think about this, this connection between the promises of Jesus and the power of prayer. Think about the promises that Jesus gives us in connection to prayer. What else, what, where else can you look in Scripture and Jesus says things like this? Keep on asking and you will receive. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened. 
For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks the door will be open. Matthew 21, 22, you can pray for anything, and if you have faith, you will receive it. There is nothing else that Jesus attaches that kind of promise to. There is no verse that says, if you plan for it, it will be given to you. There is no verse that says, if you work hard enough for it, it will be yours. No, Jesus keeps saying things like this. John 15, 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Not only do we have promises from Jesus about prayer, we also have his own example of prayer. Jesus prayed early in the morning. Jesus, we know this from a scripture, Jesus prayed late at night. Jesus prayed when he ate. Jesus prayed for the sick. Jesus prayed prayers of thanksgiving. Jesus prayed prayers with his eyes full of tears. The God who made the planets, the God who shaped the stars, the one who is Lord over the angels and tells the oceans just how far they can extend, prayed to the Father. He prayed in the gardens. He prayed in the wilderness. He prayed in synagogues. He prayed on mountaintops. In fact, this one verse in Luke says this. One day soon afterward, Jesus went up on the mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. And I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking the same thing I was thinking. How can Jesus pray all night long? Because here's the deal. We don't think we could pray all night, do we? And we sure have the worrying all night down. We just haven't figured out how to pray all night. But I think it's good for us to see the human side of Jesus and his dependence on his heavenly father through prayer. In fact, I want to focus on one, just one day for just a moment. It was one particular day, probably the hardest other than crucifixion day, probably the hardest day of Jesus' ministry. The story is in Mark, Matthew and Mark, but I want to pick it up. So Jesus had just received word that his best friend, John, had been executed. And by the way, that news can't stop him because there's multitudes of people at his feet needing to be healed. And he's broken. He's sad over the loss of his friend. He's, he's imagine how de-energizing it is to, to keep meeting people right where there are, meeting their needs. And in Mark chapter 6, verse 31, I want you to see this. It says, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. Jesus said, boys, it's, we need a vacation. We need to get away. He said this because there were so many people coming. Get this. He's just gotten news that he's lost John. And there's so many people coming that him and his disciples can't even find time to eat. That's how consumed he is with meeting people right where they are, meeting their needs. And so Jesus and his disciples go on vacation. But guess what? They show up on vacation and the people follow them to the resort. There is no resting. Jesus and his disciples are met there. And so you know what Jesus does? He continues healing people and he continues teaching people. 
And it's in the midst of that same day that it gets late. And everybody goes, whoa, we haven't ate today. We're hungry. And the disciples are going, uh, we, we didn't bring food for all of you people because you weren't supposed to be here. This is our vacation. <laughs> this is our resting time. And Jesus says, sit them down, you feed them. Remember that whole story? And Jesus, five loaves, two fish, feeds the multitudes. It's unbelievable. And then we get to Mark 6, 45. It says, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake. And, while he's, and then he was going to send everybody else home as well, for, for, verse 46. After telling everyone goodbye, which is exhausting in itself. Hello. We had a bubble bath the other night. We were here for like three hours. I was exhausted by the end of that thing. I don't know how you say goodbye to hundreds, if not thousands of people. What's Jesus do? He goes up on a hill to pray. Just imagine, step into his story. He's emotionally drained. He's physically drained. He's mentally drained. He sends the disciples back across the lake. He goes up onto the hill to pray. And then he looks down, and it's an all-night prayer meeting again because the rest of that story is the disciples get on the boat. Remember what happens on the boat as they're going across the lake? What happens? A storm. <laughs> and Jesus sees his disciples struggling. I'm just assuming he can see down on the mountain. And so what happens? Jesus comes walking on, at 3 a.m. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine? And yet somehow there's no sign that he's tired or that he's weary. He comes walking on the waters. He gets in the boat with his disciples. He calms the storm. And in verse 51, it says, they were totally amazed. And it makes you wonder that on a day like that, because I, I assure you, we've had some rough days, but have we ever had a day like that? Boom, boom. Every event is just so emotionally and mentally and physically draining, and it's just one event after another, and you go to rest, and there's just more events waiting on you that are so draining. But I wonder if it's on days like that with the disciples watching the life of Jesus that they begin to put the prayer power connection together. I, I wonder if it's on days of them observing Jesus like this that they, it's in the context of that that they're saying, Jesus, we need you to teach us how to pray because we want to be able to pray for the sick. We want to be able to multiply food. And we want to be able to cast out demons. And we want to be able to calm storms. And even when we're tired, we want to be able to serve the multitudes. See, here's, here's, here's the thing for us, church. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. We, collectively, are not done Asking God to teach us how to pray. We're not. We have not arrived yet. We are still students. We are still learning. We need to keep asking God by his spirit to teach us how to pray. And then we rest that in the moments we don't know what to pray. The scripture says what? The spirit prays on our behalf. You see, we have to keep learning how to pray big and pray bold and pray authentic in our praying. Why? Because whatever we desire, 
don't, don't miss this. Whatever we desire, God desires more for you. Jesus said so in Matthew chapter 7 when he tells this illustration. He just taught on praying, and then he goes on to say this about prayer. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? If they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. Jesus knew the answer. Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who deserve them? Nope. He gives good gifts to those who ask for them. And whatever it is you desire, Jesus says, God desires more. Our heavenly father is El Shaddai. He is almighty. He is all powerful, who is able to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or imagine. So come on, church, let's pray like that. Let's pray as if we believe that. In fact, look at the screen. I want you to answer this with me. If you believed that your heavenly father had all authority and all power and wanted to do for you and through you more than you could ask or even imagine, what would you ask for? I want you to bow your heads. I want you to take 60 seconds and I want you to ask for it right now. Heavenly Father has all authority, all power, and wants to do for you and through you more than you can ask or imagine. Ask him. Do you trust me? You trust me? Somewhat? I see shoulder shrugging. That's a different conversation, I guess. I want us to take some time, and I want us to group up. You pick your own groups. Everybody in a group. And I want you, if you're willing, to share with your group what you just asked for. Here's the beauty. If, if you've missed our midweeks, man, I, I apologize. Um, you've missed out. One of the things that we talked about this past Wednesday night, and this is why we're getting ready to do what we do, and I hope to build it into our gatherings more, is this. The beauty of corporate prayer is that we get to shoulder one another's burdens. You see, some of you, you didn't have to think about what you would ask for because you have been asking. You need to hear this. As a, as a believer, Jesus has not created you to bear that burden of asking alone. 
He has saved you. And he has brought you into a fellowship. And then he gives that fellowship, the church, this command. Carry one another's burdens. That's why for some of you that have your prayer journals, I love it. You take that to your group, and as people are sharing, you write it down. You know why? Not so you can post a Facebook post later. You will be church disciplined for that. So that tomorrow morning when you open your prayer journal, you can pray for the burden. And on Wednesday morning, you can open your prayer journal and you can pray for the burden. And if you don't have a prayer journal, then go ahead and use your phone app and then go buy a prayer journal after church today. It's time for we get serious about carrying one another's burdens. And so I'm asking you, let's group up. Don't let anybody sit alone. Invite them to your group. And then I want you to share what you just asked for. And then this is going to be on screen the whole time so you can keep confirming this in each other's lives. God is able to do far more than we can ask or imagine. It's supposed to be imagine, sorry. God is able to do far more than we can ask or imagine, okay? Group up. Go ahead. Take a few minutes. Father, help us enter a time of exalting you and encouraging one another.